Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Pitch. Swinging a ground ball to third. Fair ball. And just past the diving attempt to Davis. That'll trickle into the left field corner. Easily scoring two. And Hayes around second. He's thinking three. Here's the throw. There's no third baseman there. He'll stand up with a two-run triple. Swung on. Hit deep out to left field. Reynolds back to the wall. Leaps and makes the catch. Brian Reynolds caught that ball at the top of the wall. It'll go as a sack fly for... Schmidt and drives in a run, but no more than that. Why? I think he might have stolen a home run. That was really close. There's a 3-2, challenging him, ground ball. Second base, on the second, there's one. Relay, two, double play, Johan Ramirez with a game-ending double play, and the Pirates win the series. They take two out of three in San Francisco, and May started off poorly, but it's ending nicely as they've won two in a row and heading home to take on the Cardinals. Different tone this morning. Joe Block even reflects in an accurate way. Month of May was a poor month, but it ended with a series win. Pirates have won two in a row. And after an off day today, they're going to play the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend of the three-game series. Welcome to the Fan Early Morning Show. My name's Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Wake Up Show. And the Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84lumber.com. The Pirates won a series in the month of May, and I'm happy. And that, uh, I think, based on how the month of May went, was a pivotal win for the Pirates. Because as I said before, the Pirates didn't win a series at all in 2021. That's how much they struggled, and they finished the year with 61 wins, they were 61 and 101 in 2021. And so after such a strong start in April to not win a series in the entire month of May, I mean, if that's one thing the Pirates can say at the end of the season, especially if they pick it back up, if there's one thing they could say, it's that they won at least one series in every month. And judging by where the standings are right now, I mean, if May was their worst month and they can move on, and they can get better from this, from this, uh, from this past month. 
they might be in pretty good shape. I mean, so many, so many have said it. Uh, so many of our analysts have said it. So many of us have thought it. That the team is not as good as they were in the month of April. And you could say the same thing about May. The team's not going to be as bad the entire year as the month of May. It's just really weird that they started out so strong and then collapsed so quickly to follow. But the truth, as Jason Mackey put it, I believe, the other day, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And I hold that to be true. And the Pirates are over 500, ending May. Think about that, too. They're 28-27. This is cause for celebration. The Pirates are 28-27 and 27 after two months. Two, well, two in a fraction, if you count March. Two months. A little over two months of the season. 28-27. They're a game back of the division. The Brewers have been helping the Pirates. The Brewers have won five of their last ten, which also means they've lost five of their last ten. The hottest team right now in the division is the Reds. Interesting. And the Cardinals and Cubs tied at the bottom of the division, five games out of the first-place Brewers, but the Pirates are one game out. Coming off a series win against the Giants, a series win to end May. Take the little victories. Can't control what happened in May. Let's move on, shall we? Mitch Keller started yesterday's game. The offense was present in yesterday's game, a 9-4 to win over the San Francisco Giants. Uh, if you want to call and react to that game, 412-928-9370. Also take some other topics. If you have anything you want to talk about Steelers-related, uh, I will touch on the Penguins and Kyle Dubas and that whole situation. I'll touch on that just a little bit later. But you can call me and talk, 412-928-9370. You can also talk to me on Twitter if you want to ask a question, at Callus underscore 33 is uh, my Twitter handle. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. Ask a question, make a comment. I'll address it if I find it intriguing enough. But you can also call and bring up your points again. 412-928-9370 is the phone number. I did get a tweet yesterday that I wanted to address. It's also tagged uh, with Adam Crowley in it. But um, I don't know how accurate these are, but I literally see this all night watching the teams I bet on. Are umps this bad? And it was... Um, the game with the Cincinnati Reds and Boston Red Sox, and the first two pitches of a plate appearance were both in the zone. One's kind of on the inside edge, and then one hit the uh, around where the, the knees are. And this graph he has from the internet has them both in the strike zone, but they were both called balls. Are umpires that bad? Um, I don't want to insult umpires specifically because I, I am one at a, at a lower level. I've never umpired a major league game, but I've been certified to do high school games, and I've done plenty of Little League games and, and you know, youth baseball. That's where I got my start. And it's it's interesting and it's unique because I don't – baseball was never intended for the pitchers to throw as fast as they do. And when the strike zone was created, it was designed for a totally different purpose. I remember, I think, pitchers in the way before time, like in the 1800s baseball, uh, pitchers were supposed – the game was designed so pitchers would throw strikes. Like, hitters were designed. The hitters weren't designed to swing and miss. They were designed to – it was designed for the game to be played where the hitter would hit the ball, like like 90%. They um, were expected to hit the ball. And so as baseball's evolved, it's become uh, – instead of, okay, well, pitchers are throwing the ball with the intent to let the hitter hit it, 
it's become more of a game where now, okay, no, actually we want swings and misses. The pitchers should not let the hitters hit the ball. And as the game's evolved, and pitchers, of course, want to throw harder because the harder you throw, the bigger contrast you have in your pitches, the more effective of a pitcher you are. That's That's been proven. So as for umpires watching pitches come in, the human eye is not designed to see, you know, a moving pitch travel as fast as it does and accurately gauge at what point does that pitch cross this symbol that's flat on the ground. And so I don't want to say that umpires are necessarily bad. It's just human nature is not designed to accurately judge these pitches. It's just difficult. And then it's not like a consistent pitch coming every time. Like as humans, if we have the same pitch or if we have the same motion coming past our eyes over and over again, eventually we can kind of gauge and calculate where that motion is coming from and where it's going to land. But then you throw in a Jordan Hicks type of sinker, like some of these other pitchers are developing now, where you have a sinker. It's a dipping pitch at 98 miles an hour, or sliders that are in the mid-90s now that some of these pitchers are throwing. So, like, when you think about that, I don't think that umpires are necessarily bad. I just think that the game has evolved in such a way where it's extremely difficult for umpires to gauge where pitchers are going to be thrown and where they should cross the plate. So that's what I think, and and if you've heard me talk before, I also believe that there's got to be some other mechanism to judge the strike zone, and I think it would make the game more fair and balanced if there was some uh, some sort of automated strike zone. I think they have to get it right. I think they have to test it first. I think that, that you don't want any uncertainty when um, when you have such a mechanism uh, as an automated strike zone would be. Uh, but umpires, I don't think they're bad. I think that it's just the way the game is, or the way the game's evolved, and, and umpires and, and just human beings, it's, it's hard to keep up. But I think that if you implement that automated strike zone as well, you get more of a fair and balanced playing field for the players. Because they know that that where the strike zone is defined is being called accurately or being called with the same standard. It's not one strike zone this day, the other strike zone the next. That's like the one thing, too, I think, in all of sports that is so uncertain. Like, in, in football, you know, there's one playing field, and certain calls get called differently sometimes. But, like, it's either it's either one or the other. It's either one call versus the other, call and no call, but you're on the same playing field. Same thing in hockey, same thing in basketball, but in baseball, the strike zone is defined a little bit differently with each hitter, and so each umpire has a different strategy to call the strike zone, and it's just so different. It's more abstract. It's unlike anything in sports, which is why, again, I'm not going to call umpires necessarily bad. I think some umpires are arrogant, and that's a whole different conversation, but you know, I don't think that a couple missed calls necessarily make umpires bad. It's just it's difficult to judge those those pitches. And it's even more difficult, like most other sports have a review system for different plays so they can slow the play down and let the officials see exactly what happened and then they can make a ruling based on that. I think every major sport now has some level of replay. But baseball, I mean, baseball is replay, but the strike zone's one thing. 
that you can't look back on and say, well, we got that wrong. There's no mechanism for that yet. So I know it's frustrating, and, th- and this uh, this Twitter, this tweeter, I'll say, that tweeted at me and Adam Crowley yesterday, who talked about um, it seems like these calls are missed every time he watches teams he bet on. And I know it's frustrating as a better, but that's just the reality of the sport. doesn't necessarily mean that umpires are bad per se. And some umpires are better than others, that's for sure. But that's just the frustrations of betting. That's just something you gotta you gotta watch through is uh, the struggles of umpires to call pitches accurately, just because of how the games evolved. But again, I am a proponent as well of the of the automated strike zone because I think that if you have a standard for all hitters, and you have with technology a defined space where pitches are strikes and pitches are not strikes. That creates a neutral playing field for everybody. It creates a standard. The hitters know exactly what to expect. The pitchers know exactly what to expect. And it may make the game better. could make the game worse as well. I don't know. Sometimes people are skeptical of technology. I don't think it would make the game worse. I think it would make the game better for all the reasons I just described. But that's my response to that that Twitter comment. Uh, If you want to call me, go ahead, 412 928-9370 is the phone number. Uh, You can also tweet me at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. All right, let's dive into a little bit about this game. Mitch Keller is 7-1. He's a 7-1 record on the year right now. Uh, So he got a seventh win in yesterday's game. I feel like he should have had one more win, but Derek Shelton pulled him out too early from that one start. It made us all sad, but we're past that now, right? We're... Pretty much forgetting about the month of May. Let's move on from the month of May. It happened. Let's just acknowledge it briefly right now. Acknowledged. All right, great. Forget about it now. Okay, we've acknowledged. Bad month of May. Um, But they won a series to end the month. Mitch Keller is proving to be an asset to this Pirates team unlike any other. And if he's not the distinguished ace of the team, if he wasn't the distinguished ace of the team before, I think yesterday kind of solidifies his status. He is the leader of the pitching rotation right now, and I hope that doesn't uh, put any burden or expectations on him because I know sometimes when you say that, then you end up jinxing it. I hope I'm not doing that. But he's the pitcher right now that the we as fans at least have relied on that when he's gone out there uh, and pitched, the Pirates have won games. So Mitch Keller, good luck charm. The starting pitcher in the Pirates, 9-4 victory yesterday, and he got his seventh win. Keep Ryan Hayes, another factor in the Pirates' win yesterday. He had a triple and drove in a couple of runs, made it 4-1 to one earlier on in the game. And I hear the argument that uh, I've heard people make it before that uh, Keep Ryan Hayes not hitting for enough power. You want to see more home runs from him, and you want him to produce for more power. Because we, as baseball fans, I think we associate we associate the uh, the third base position with power and run production. I keep Brian Hayes, great defender, and I think that's where a lot of his money's coming in right now. But we want him to produce runs, right? We want him to hit home runs, produce runs, and help in the lineup. 
I think the bigger concern for Key Brian Hayes right now is the fact that uh, through 2023 so far, he's batting 221 and his on-base percentage is 273. Both numbers are significantly lower than where you want them to be on average. Kind of want them to be hitting up at least around 280 and getting on base closer to 400. Uh, especially with the way that he's been talked up as a hitter, like a contact guy, you know. So, yeah, 19 RBIs and two home runs, too, through the 53 games he's been participate, or that he has participated in so far this season. So, the number's a little bit low, like I said. Uh, that's what I'm more concerned about for Key Brian Hayes than his home run production. And as somebody who played, and, and I was glad to hear Bob Walk say this a few times uh, over the last couple weeks, that if you try to change anybody's swing from where it is naturally, I mean, now's not the time to adjust Key Brian Hayes' swing. You usually want to train in the offseason and get into a rhythm of where you're swinging the bat in the offseason. Um, now's not the time to do that. But if you're trying to change your swing too much now, you might be changing his hit the ball the other way approach, his line drive approach. And then he may start grounding out the third because he's creating too much torque so far, trying to pull every pitch to, you know, get some air under it or, you know, hit it on the pool side. And it might start grounding out the third or it might start popping up. I mean, I know, I know one time, I was playing in high school, and the bases were were loaded, and the coach came up to me while the pitcher was getting a mound visit, and he said, hey, Kyle, you know, just saying, if you hit a grand slam, the game's going to be tight here. And I think he was just messing with me or whatever, but I actually got that in my head, and I'm like, ooh, I want to play hero now. And I remember swinging as hard as I could trying to pull the ball into the left field corner, and uh, when I swung the bat, the ball was popped up in the air uh, on the first base side in foul territory, and the and the first baseman made the catch for the out. So I understand what it's like that if you try to, and I was very much a line drives hitter. I wasn't really a home run hitter in my high school career, my college career. I, I wasn't a, a home run guy. I was definitely more of a line drives. Like he Brian Hayes That's why I can relate because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to feel hitting the ball on a line, hitting line drives, and how that can be uh, an effective approach as a hitter. But I also know what could happen if you try to, you know, change, if you try to, you know, on the fly change your approach. Because I changed my approach and all of a sudden it's uh, it went from maybe a ground ball up the middle or a line drive to the right field side for that pop out in my game. If we could turn Key Brian Hayes, if you push him too much to try to hit home runs, try to pull the ball, he might go from an opposite way hitter, a line drive hitter to – Again, grounding out the third, popping the ball up. And we don't want that. We don't want that out of Key Brian Hayes. We want Key Brian Hayes to keep hitting those line drives. And, you know, if he's effective, if he can hit the ball on a line, too, with runners in scoring position like he did yesterday on a consistent basis for the rest of the season, get that average up to around 250, 260, 270, I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that because I think there are other hitters in the order that could pick the team up. I think there are other hitters in the order – that can be those power guys, and Key Brian Hayes can be a, a top-of-the-order hitter, a table setter, more so for the bigger bats in the lineup. I think we just naturally associate those as Pirate fans and baseball fans. I, just, I think we naturally associate third base with power. 
And so we want Key Brian Hayes just naturally because of that positional association. We want him to be a home run hitter and a, and a major run producer. And sometimes, sometimes it's just not the reality of the situation. I mean, there are plenty of examples in history where uh, baseball teams that have been good have had third basemen not produce and have had to rely on other positions. Robinson Cano playing second base for the Yankees as a power hitter comes to mind for me. When A-Rod was suspended, uh, Cano had to be the power hitter in that lineup, but he did. So it's it's not impossible for other other players in lineups that aren't third basemen to hit for power and pick up a team. And keep Ryan Hayes in just this situation I like or where he is right now as a hitter, I like that he hits line drives. I like when he doesn't try to do too much. And with runners on base yesterday, he hit an RBI triple. Uh, excuse me, triple. He hit an RBI triple and drove home a couple runs and separated the score early in the game. And he was a big factor in the Pirates winning by as much as they did. The Pirates won 9-4 to and Key Brian Hayes on just that one at bat in that one at bat, had a couple RBI. So let Key Brian Hayes swing the way he is. I don't want him to try to change too much right now. The Pirates will come around, and I think that their 9-4 win yesterday and their series win against the Giants could be inspiring. Be optimistic as we go into June, and it's a big series against the Cardinals. I mean, leaving San Francisco, winning a series, I think is is a good set a good way to set the momentum going into the series against the Cardinals. The Pirates split a four-game series with the Cardinals back in April, but they won two of the first three. So it's not impossible for the Pirates. I don't think it's impossible for them to win this series coming up. They took two of four from the Cardinals. They took two of the first three when they were in St. Louis. And it's certainly easier to play in Pittsburgh than it is in St. Louis. St. Louis is brutal, and the Pirates still performed well. There's going to be a big series coming up here, and I think that it's good that they won a series before going into this one against the Cardinals. And it's time to turn it around. And also, if, I mean, the, the Cardinals right now are are lined up in last place with the Cubs right now. They're both in fourth, technically. The Cardinals 25-32, and 32, the Cubs 24-31. and 31. They're both five games back of the Brewers. I think this is a great opportunity for the Pirates to potentially gain some ground against the Brewers who have struggled. The Brewers are 29-26. The Pirates are 28-27. I mean, if the Brewers keep struggling, if the Brewers keep staying uh, on pace for five of their last ten games being losses, you know, the Pirates come through. The Pirates can beat down the Cardinals even more and potentially gain some ground for first place. Just giant opportunities here, and I know how many people have been saying it. The, the Cardinals are the Cardinals are the Cardinals. The Cardinals know how to win. The Cardinals, you know, seem to always come through, and they seem to always find ways to win and, and make the playoffs and be in the hunt every year. The Pirates have control right now coming into this next series that starts tomorrow. The Pirates have an opportunity to beat the Cardinals down and to send them back toward last place and make it harder for them to make that comeback. I can't emphasize enough 
how important this next series is for the Pirates to at least win. Not even going to mention that S word that has to do with winning all the games in a series. But if they win the series, it'll go a long way, I think, to keeping the Cardinals away. And you may be surprised, and they may overtake the division again if the Brewers continue to be inconsistent. An error on the side of, of losing. 412-928-9370 is the phone number. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. If you want to call and talk about the Pirates, you can. I'm going to briefly touch on the Kyle Dubas situation and what I think about him and being a general manager and where they are right now, where he and the Penguins are in, in discussing his hiring. Um, we'll keep talking about baseball because this is, again, I can't emphasize enough. Big series coming up. For the Pirates, if you want to call and talk about that, you want to talk about umpires, you want to talk about anything Pittsburgh sports-related, you're welcome to here at 412-928-9370. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at Callus underscore 33 is my handle. If you want to make some comments or ask some questions, that uh, that is at C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. I'll be right back. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Nicholas Carey Callis here. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. And we got a caller who wants to weigh in on the Pirates at 412-928-9370. Bryson in the car. Go ahead, Bryson. What's on your mind? What's up, Harry? How you doing? Doing great. What's going uh, on? I, I, I mean, everybody's just down on them. Like, it's bad couple weeks. They they fell, what, those 12 games that they had over 500. That was more I than mean, a couple weeks, though. I'll say that. It was, a rough, it was a rough month. Rough month. Okay. But, I mean, it, they're, not, they're not what they, they were. And, I mean, everybody has their ups and downs. I mean, look at Tampa Bay. They lost 20-1 to 1 the other night. Yep. That's about true. a week ago. I mean, like, it's going to come and go. You haven't had a bad day in your life. I mean, it's like, that's what, like, every, everywhere you hear, it's, they're, they're, they're done. They're done. And they're a 90-loss team now. Uh, I mean, you give them a break uh, for, like, they played out of their minds for a whole month, and now they came back to earth for a month. And let's see what let's see what uh, June brings us. I hear you. I hear you. Thanks for the call, Bryson. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, well, I won't say this. I mean, you, you don't want to judge people on having a bad day. That's fine. But the the Pirates had a bad month. So again, it's not. I mean, I think that it's okay to be a little bit skeptical when your team wins what six, seven games in the month. That's. Uh, that's not great. So that's a bad month. That's a, that's a consistency. That's a pattern. Uh, however, again, I like the optimism though. So I appreciate the optimistic viewpoint. Like, hey, you know, have you have you not ever had a bad stretch where you know you 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 felt bad or you made some bad decisions or you know you struggled mentally? Absolutely. Yeah, that happens to all of us. So I definitely agree on that point. Um, let's forget about it. Like I said, I mean, let's let's forget about it. Let's move on. We've acknowledged. Okay, May was a bad month. Now, what can, you bring, uh, what can June bring us? So it's like, again, it, it's kind of like what Jason Mackey said the other day, I totally agree with. Um, the, this Pirates team is not as good as they played in April. They could not sustain that. It's been proven. But the Pirates team may very well not be as bad as they 
they played in May. So the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I think that's a great quote. I think that's a great mentality. The the truth lies somewhere in the middle of a 20-win month, a 20-win start to the season, and a 6-7 or seven win month. So just keep that in mind. And the Pirates won a series to end the month. And I think that, you know, if they get back to a balance in their win totals and they can, you know, win at least one series every month of the season, I think that's great. And I think that it's inspiring to at least know that when they didn't win a series at all in 2021, that they can come back here. And I know it's it's far to look at, it's, you know, far down the road, but if they can win at least one series in every month of the year this year, I think that's a great improvement. I think that's I think that's a good thing. I think that it shows progress to win at least one series every month to at least say that, and we'll see what the win total is after that point. And they're not limited to just one series win every month, so I certainly hope that they win more than that. And they're over 500 ending the month of May, and they're going into June one game back of the division lead. So I'm definitely with Bryson there. Hold your horses on the pessimism. It's totally okay, and I reflect on the pessimism that some people might have. I reflect on on uh, on on the struggles that the Pirates had in the month, but uh, that month doesn't define them. They continue to struggle like that consistently over the rest of the season, then it will define them. But the month of May does not define them. Talk about the Penguins real quick and Kyle Dubas and everything that's been going on there. I think the Penguins said that they would give him the weekend to decide, and the weekend is far over we're actually moving into next weekend now it's thursday um i really want the penguins to get this done i think that dubas built a a pretty solid toronto maple leafs team and the maple leafs just seem to have a curse where they struggle in the playoffs and they choke and they don't you know they want to stand the cup in ever so um i i do want the uh, the penguins to get this done but i also know that the the draft is coming up we're in the month of june now the draft is at the end of the month uh, I think that the general manager should be a heavy part of that. It's uh, it's tough that the Fenway Sport, uh, Sports Group is just an entity, so we can't be mad at an individual for not making a hiring decision because there is no general manager, and ownership is a, a brand. It's a name. It's not a person. So I, I think that's kind of tough. Um, I really hope that they get it done, though, here soon. If they don't buy this weekend, I'd say, you know, move on, find another candidate. But I hope it's him. I hope it's Kyle Dubas. I think that Dubas can do a lot for a Penguins team that uh, needs a little shakeup, needs a little razzle-dazzle and some magic. And I think he can bring, you know, fresh outlooks and a fresh ideology into this Penguins team that uh, has had some mediocre seasons previously and, and coming off a year where they didn't make the playoffs for the first time since 2006. So I like him. I think he's a good choice for Penguins general manager, but I don't think that they should wait too much longer before um, deciding on somebody else. I think that the next general manager of the Penguins needs to have some influence on on the draft, and the draft is at the end of the month. So get it done, Penguins. See what you can do. Find somebody competent enough here soon. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This has been the Fan Early Morning Show. Coming up next, it's the Fan Morning Pre-Show. With Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson, you're on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.